Hello everyone, this is Pastor Joyce Erickson, ready to start a new Bible study today. And we're going to be looking at the book of 1 John. But before we get into the first chapter and the first verse, I want to do a background study. You see, what's important to me is to understand the author, and I want to get into the heart of what the author is writing because there's a purpose for every book and really every verse in the Bible. And it was very applicable to the people of their day. But one of the things about scripture is all scripture is applicable, applicable try that again, applicable to people of all generations. And so one of the things that I do when I do a book study, we want to see how does this scripture apply to me today? How can I fit it into my life? And so let's begin with a background study of the book of First John. And we get to, when we get through with that, then we will do a verse by verse study of each verse uh, in each chapter, and then we will talk about it to see how it applies to our life. All right, here we go. There is no dispute regarding um, who is the author of the book of 1 John. Biblical scholars, they all agree that the book of 1 John was written by the Apostle John. And where we are at in that time period is all of the apostles of Christ, they were martyred for their faith. Actually, decades earlier, Jerusalem had fallen in 70 AD, and now it is nearing 70 years later after the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and we are now close to the end of the first century um, AD. And being the only original apostle of Jesus left alive on the earth, John had an urgent message to give to the churches in Asia Minor. And as such, he probably wrote the gospel, the big book of John, first, followed by the epistles. And what we're studying now is the first epistle or letter or book of John. And then he wrote 2nd and 3rd John. And then he wrote the book of Revelation. But we're not sure exactly was the book of Revelation written before he wrote for 2nd and 3rd John, or was it written after? But regardless, there's only a few years in between um, those writings. All right. So this study will be a verse-by-verse -verse study on the book of 1 John. Now, a little bit of background information regarding the Apostle John. He was condemned to death as a political agitator. They had political agitators in the Christian realm back then, too. And he was an agitator because he was preaching the gospel of Christ in Asia Minor, where 
he was the bishop over several churches. He was arrested in the city which he had considered his home for many years, that being the city of Ephesus. A little bit about Asia Minor. Back in the first century, the name Asia simply meant way out there. It's just a place way, way, way out there and was not considered part of the cultured world. Asia Minor happened to be the tip of Asia and it simply meant Little Asia and it rested in between the Black Sea, the Aegean Sea, and the Mediterranean Sea. And if you want to look in your um, the back of your Bible, you will be able to see that under maps. So um, what this area in Asia Minor was, was the focal point between Europe and Asia. And today this area of Asia Minor is called Anatolio. I've been there. And as such, the ports of Asia Minor was heavily traveled by seafaring merchants and used as trade centers for people all over the known, the known world. The known world meaning the Roman Empire. All right, continuing on. The Roman Empire, if you want to know more about it, and again, look at your maps in the back of your Bible. It consisted of the countries that surrounded the Mediterranean Sea. And as such, Asia Minor, as well as Israel, became under Roman rule. And so all people outside of the Roman Empire were considered barbaric, and they were not part of the Roman culture. Now the Apostle Paul, when he was arrested, he was taken by ship and condemned to death by the Emperor Domitian. And he was taken from Ephesus, traveled by sea over to Rome. And there being condemned, he was boiled in oil but he miraculously survived unharmed without sustaining any injuries. Now, this angered uh, the emperor, and Emperor Domitian then banished him to die a martyr's death on the Isle of Patmos, which strangely was only about 50 miles out in the Aegean Sea from where his home was in Ephesus. So by ship, then they traveled him back to finish or serve his sentence in the penal colony on the rock island of Patmos to work in the mines. Because he was already an old man, it was just expected that he would die on that island. The Roman government used this rock island as a penal settlement in the first century to where they sent political agitators and others who threatened the peace of the empire. The conditions were harsh, and most prisoners were banished there to serve their sentences in the mines, that being the case of the Apostle Paul or John. The Apostle John then was banished to uh, Patmos for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
but he was released 18 months later under the new Emperor Nerva. When did all this happen? To learn of the dates of these writings, really what we need to do is to look at the historical records to learn that the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos for 18 months during the latter reign of Emperor Domitian. Now, following Emperor Domitian's assassination in 96 AD, John was then freed to return to his homeland of Ephesus by the new emperor, Nerva. The apostle wrote uh, the Gospel of John probably before his sentence to Patmos. And as I said earlier, he could have written 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John either before or after his exile. But while on Patmos, we do know that John wrote the book of Revelation, and he probably finalized it right after he, he returned from his exile on Patmos back to Ephesus. The Apostle John died just two years later in 98 AD at the age of 93. So let's talk about the audience. Who is the Apostle John writing to? The Apostle John was the Apostle as well as uh, the Elder, carrying great influence over all of the churches in Asia Minor. Now the main seven churches are listed uh, in the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, that being Ephesus, Sardis, Myrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And we need to know that all the churches in the first century were house churches. They were There were no big buildings as we know churches today, but they were house churches held in maybe larger homes of some of the congregants. And um, But they found a place wherever they could um, gather together as a church body. Now, whether there was just one church per city or more than um, one house church, that we do not know. But there were also other churches up in the mountains. You see, Ephesus rested right on the edge of the mountains going up into Asia Minor. And um, we see such churches up in the mountains, such as Colossae, and Heropolis and Laodicea was also up in the mountains. John was the apostle and elder over all of these churches. And it was to these churches that John the apostle of Jesus Christ wrote the book of 1 John. The book or letters or epistles of 2nd and 3rd John they, however, were written to individuals or individual churches that John had oversight. So why did he write this book or epistle of First John? Cultic beliefs had entered into the church that carried residue from pagan beliefs of mystical, invisible gods. 
Docetism was the biggest and most influential cult of that day, and it derived its word from the Greek word dakio, which means to appear or seem. This brought much destruction to Christianity. You see, Docetism claimed that Christ was not truly human, meaning he did not possess a physical body. And what was seen of him was like a ghost-like figure, or a figment of your imagination. Christ may have appeared like he was human, but in essence, he was simply a spirit or a form of a body. Again, a figment of one's imagination. This, these uh, roots obviously um, came from pagan belief in their gods because they were all invisible. So then the point is, if docetism that had entered into the church as a cult, if this was true, Jesus did not come to die in the flesh. He did not shed his physical blood on the cross of Calvary because he's only a spirit. Now, if his physical blood was not shed, that means he did not die. And if he did not die, there was no atonement for the sins of mankind. And if God did not raise Jesus physically from the dead, there would be no salvation for mankind. Christianity would, therefore, be completely null and void because salvation comes through Jesus Christ, his physical life, death, and resurrection. And sadly, because of pagan influence, docetism grew into other cultic beliefs within the church as well. The Apostle John was nearing the end of his life, and it was to these churches that this cultic belief and practice at large was continuing going on within the churches. And John sincerely felt that he needed to address these lies with hopes to rid the church of these false teachers once and for all. This letter would ultimately then become a circular letter to pass from church to church to church to church in hopes that he could reach every believer in Asia Minor. Now, I've written an article on my website, believersbibleschool.com, specifically dealing with the beliefs of docetism, which grew into Gnosticism. And again, you can go on the website, believersbibleschool.com, to find out more information on that. But while the Apostle John strongly addressed this cultic practice of docetism that had entered into the churches throughout Asia Minor, the Apostle John still centered in on faith, on love, on repentance, and how to avoid carnal living. This is something that we struggle with today in our everyday life. 
And the apostle, along with all of the other apostles, strongly believe that when you know and live the truths of the word of God, then the false will quickly be exposed. So as such, the book of 1 John is a very practical study and it helps Christians of all ages and all walks of faith to grow in their relationship with the Lord.